Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. Hello, listeners. I have some exciting news to share with you today. As you know, my signature course for interior designers has been a great success, empowering countless designers to enhance their skills and elevate their careers. Well, I have an amazing update to share with you. I am thrilled to announce that the signature course has undergone a complete transformation and has been rebranded as the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Don't worry, though. The core lessons that made the course so successful and transformative for designers remain intact. I've taken the valuable insights and experiences shared by our talented designers and enhanced them even further. But that's not all. I've also added some exciting new content to provide an even fuller understanding of running construction projects for your valued clients. The primary goal with this rebranding and expansion is to build confidence among interior designers like you. I understand that successfully managing construction projects is a crucial aspect to your work, and I want to equip you with the skills, knowledge, and strategies to excel in this area. With the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, you'll delve deeper into the intricacies of running construction projects, gain insight from a seasoned professional, and unlock strategies to navigate the challenges that may arise during the process. I'm so excited about this fresh chapter in the course, and I'm confident that the added content will empower you to provide an even more comprehensive and outstanding service to your clients. By becoming a master of construction management, you'll not only elevate your skills, but also enhance your professional reputation within the industry. So to show my gratitude for your unwavering support, I'm giving away a free membership to one lucky designer on the email list. 
If you're not on my email list yet, don't worry. You still have a chance to win this valuable gift. Simply head over to my website, devinyedesign.com, and sign up for the newsletter. By joining this vibrant community of amazing designers, you'll not only gain access to the valuable insights and industry updates, but also be automatically entered for a chance to win this exclusive giveaway. Imagine the possibilities that await as you dive into the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. You'll have the opportunity to enhance your construction management skills, learn from an experienced professional, and gain the confidence needed to excel in your projects. So whether you're a seasoned designer looking to expand your knowledge or an aspiring designer eager to gain a competitive edge, this free membership could be the key to unlocking your full potential. So what are you waiting for? Head over to devinyedesign.com and sign up for my newsletter today to secure your chance at winning this valuable gift. If you've been listening to me long enough, then you know I believe construction management is a niche inside the interior design industry, and one, obviously, I am a big fan of. But I hope you're also learning from episodes as recent as last week's with Catherine Morano that you can niche down even further under the umbrella of construction management. And today, I want to go over a variety of ways that that can look like. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Like I mentioned, there are so many different ways to niche down and make yourself unique inside the interior design industry, and one that I'm always encouraging designers to do. I mean, let's be honest, there is a lot of people out there practicing interior design. Now, I hope you notice that I didn't use the word competition because I don't believe that we compete with each other. The skill sets that we bring the styles, the way we manage projects is so unique to each one of us that honestly, if you and I were going up for a job and the client chose you over me, then I know that I wasn't a good fit for that project or better way of looking at it, the project wasn't a good fit for me. So that doesn't diminish the fact that there are a lot of interior designers in the world. And honestly, I think that's a great thing. We are stronger together than we are individually. We are stronger as a unit because we can project professionalism, we can deliver construction management services, and we can niche down even further to make yourself an expert in what brings you the most joy. So like I mentioned, last week in episode 124, I spoke with a course member, Catherine Morano. She joined my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, And once we got to know each other, we realized how much our career paths were similar and that she had chosen to niche down into bespoke custom cabinetry, so much so that she private labeled it because she does so many kitchens and baths. So let's start with that because it's one that most designers know about. There are a lot that choose to specialize in kitchens and baths. And that could be for a variety of reasons, right? They really enjoy the components that go into that. It is a specific niche inside our industry that gets a lot of traction because because a lot of projects scope of work are just kitchens and baths. And so if you are an expert in those spaces, you will be more sought after, perhaps even over a general construction management designer like myself. 
I do love doing kitchens and baths, but I also really love doing the rest of the house. And so I don't promote myself as just a kitchen and bath expert. But there are so many designers that really hone in on that specific niche and they become the experts. And that sets them apart in the client's eyes when they're looking for a designer to take on those projects and deliver a successful design for them. But that is just one of many specialty niches under the umbrella of construction management. And so I want to introduce you to some of the others that may not be as obvious in the hopes that I spark an interest, or you say to yourself, huh, I'm already doing a lot of that. Maybe I should really pay attention and market myself accordingly. And so not only are kitchen and baths a specialty niche inside construction management, but also think beyond that. So for instance, in my past, I have done commercial interior design that wasn't just decorating. We actually were taking office buildings down to the studs or they were new build office buildings and learning all of those additional aspects to a build that included HVAC, life safety issues, totally different codes, and thinking about it from a different dynamic of dozens upon dozens of people using a space rather than a single family. Now, you may say to yourself, I'm not interested in commercial work, Renee. That's just not my thing. And frankly, I get it and why I don't actually do it anymore. But I learned a lot from those experiences that I actually apply to my residential projects. So for instance, HVAC, which if you aren't in commercial world, that's the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. And nowadays, that is a common phrase for residential work. But when I was working in commercial work, if I said HVAC, on a residential project, they'd look at me like I had six heads. But really, what it taught me was how those systems are built, how they're properly ventilated, and I can apply that information to running to running lines in a new build for a residential project. I know what supplies and return vents and all of the systems and how they work. And so I wouldn't necessarily shy away from work like that because what I have done and what I want you all to hear is that I have turned that into marketing myself for my clients' business offices. So a lot of my clients own small businesses, or they're a partner in a law firm, or have a suite, or are a wealth management specialist, and they have a suite of offices. And so while that's not necessarily true commercial work, it's working in a commercial setting. And I'll be honest, it works my brain in a different way. Because again, like I mentioned, there's so many different things to consider because it's not a single family use. Now it can get complicated. I'm not going to lie. I typically have to bone up on things when a client asks me to take on a project like that. So for instance, there's going to be fire code requirements and life safety issues and certain fabrics and treatments that you have to use in a commercial setting to meet code and of course, to keep people safe. But I am telling you, it's an interesting balance to residential work because like I learned when I did my commercial work, there's really no emotions attached to it like there is in a residential project. So for instance, if I'm hired to rebuild out several partners' law offices, they are really looking to me to do it for them. 
right? They're busy. They're working all day. They know that their offices aren't giving the luxury vibe that they want to be giving to their clients. So they basically hand it off to me. Now, of course, we go through presentations and they will say yes or no to certain things. But for the most part, if you meet their budget needs and you come in with a design you love, more often than not, you get to implement it immediately. And there's not a lot of back and forth. There's not a lot of discussions. It's more great. When can it get put in? So there is a beauty to that. And frankly, I do one or two a year. And I now look forward to them because I know it's just a very different mindset that goes into those projects. And the outcomes can be beautiful and showcase a different side of my skill set. And so I would term that as small commercial work, right? And if you are concerned about the codes and life safety issues, I get it. And that may not be something for you. But if you are interested or if you've already done one or two offices, start thinking about adding that to your service list so that a client knows in advance that they can ask you for this help. Now, just because they ask doesn't mean you take the project on, but it gives you that opportunity to vet the project on your own rather than your client not even knowing that they can approach you for that level of work. Now, another component that may be a little bit more of a blend with a traditional residential construction project is historic preservation. And I live in an area that is filled with historic homes. I'm very blessed to live in this area and know a lot about historic preservation, but I would never sell myself as a historic preservationist because it is an extremely detailed where you have to be very mindful of so many different components. But again, I know designers in my area that do specialize it and their projects are super cool. I really admire the work they do and the fact that they lean into those skill sets and bring out a design that is perfection for the project they're working on. Now, again, there are going to be different parameters. There's usually a committee that is a part of whatever historical society owns the homes. There's going to be budgets. There's going to be specific needs. Obviously, you're going to have to be working within a specific design style and time period. But again, maybe this is something you've already dabbled in. Maybe it's something you've already done in your own home, or maybe it's just something that's really interesting to you. And I want to encourage everyone with each and every specialty I'm talking about to really investigate it, see where that goes, see if that's something you can make come true, and then lean into that. Now, again, to my past, I've had the good fortune to not only work in luxury, high-end residential construction projects, but like I just mentioned, I have worked in commercial design as well. And while it wasn't that long in my career, it did span quite a variety of niches, from law and financial offices to hospitality and restaurants to healthcare, as well as retail. And Each and every one of those is a very different and unique beast that can be really exciting to work in. Now, one firm I used to work in does both residential and hospitality. They do a lot of restaurants. And again, she has told me she does it because it bends her brain in a different direction, although it still falls under the construction management portion of her business. And I think that's really exciting. Now, I will say, When I worked on a restaurant, I was not the lead designer. I was pretty young at the time, and I just was in awe of the designer that was running the project because the concepts and ideas that she came up with 
were nothing I would have thought of. And that told me a lot. That told me that that was not a niche for me. And so while I'm encouraging all of you to explore these niches, I'm also encouraging you to pay attention to what happens when you explore them. Because I'll be honest, I knew that I wasn't meant to take on restaurant work. And so while I enjoyed and learned a ton from working under this woman and saw her designs come to life, it was something I knew that it wasn't going to be something I would lean into in my own career. And that's kind of true with the others, healthcare and retail. But I will say I enjoyed those more. So I was given the ability to work with an architect who took on large suites at a children's hospital near where I live. And it was really exciting. It was on a level that I hadn't been a part of before. And it was a children's hospital. So you could really be fun and lighthearted and play with colors and shapes in a way that you just don't get to do in a lot of the other niches. And so I leaned into that. But I did have the guidance of this architect whose specialty this was in his career. But healthcare takes on codes to a whole, whole nother level past commercial design. And again, I want to caution designers listening. If that is something you're interested in, I want to encourage designers listening, research this. What does it take? What level of codes does your design have to go to to be safe in a healthcare setting? Whether that's in a hospital or a senior living center or anything in between, it is a very different set of rules, regulations, and codes than especially what you're used to in residential, but certainly more than what you're used to in commercial work as well. Best case scenario would be to work with someone who knows the ropes like I did. And again, I enjoyed the process. I learned a whole lot about different materials in vastly different usages than they are in residential interior design. Learned even more about HVAC systems since heating and cooling spaces is so critical in a hospital situation. And then learn that while I did enjoy that level of work, it was something that required a large team of people and running a large team was not a goal of mine. And then my very brief dip into retail was to fit out my own retail space, which I've talked about in the past. It was an itch I wanted to scratch after working for Charlotte Moss and her phenomenal store on Lexington Avenue. I wanted one of my own where in the front it was retail and in the back it had my design studio and it was fun. Now it wasn't fun that I was spending my own money. I will say that that was a bit of a learning curve for me as I was, as we all are accustomed to spending other people's money. However, I did learn a lot about what worked. And frankly, I learned more about what didn't work. I was using my residential design brain to work a retail space up. And frankly, that doesn't always work. So you can learn from me. Fun fact, seagrass really doesn't hold up in a retail setting. And I had to replace it more frequently than I had budgeted for. So if you're looking to start a retail space, I would personally use a different material for the flooring, although it looked really awesome when it first opened. It's just it didn't stay looking awesome for very long. And I will admit, I could probably be tempted into another retail space, especially a small boutique, because again, they feel residential in nature. So those would be similar sources that we're used to using and reaching for. But then you have the code issue of the durability 
and the fact that the public uses these spaces to contend with when you're making your final selections. Okay, and then there are lots of other niches inside this construction management world that you can lean into that I'm happy to discuss with you, but I have no personal experience with them. And that starts with smart homes. I know enough about a smart home to be very dangerous. And so I would never put myself out as an expert. I lean on my experts to make me look good and my projects come to life. But there are a lot of designers I have spoken with who really love this stuff. They love the techie side of it. And that is something that definitely makes you unique to other designers in your area. And so if that's something you're already doing, if you're already dabbling in it, I would lean into that. If it's something that you enjoy, that is something that will brand you as an expert beyond just your construction management skills. And then some cool things that have come our way in the last say decade or two is adaptive use and sustainable use, as well as universal design. Now, universal design is aging in place that used to fall into the commercial design world. And I know residential designers who are getting more and more into it as we are helping our clients age in place in their homes. And actually, I do have experience with that because I have done zero entry shower stalls for clients who want to age in place in their homes. But when we say universal design, it's the whole house. It is first floor living with door frames wide enough for wheelchairs, countertops at certain heights, roll-up capabilities at sinks, et cetera, et cetera. And there are more and more residential designers leaning into this skill because we are an aging community and this will only grow. And frankly, most people want it to look pretty. And I know from personal experience, it's hard to do that. So if you're a designer that can Take universal design on, make it luxury in feel, but practical in nature, then you're set in a niche that will take you to amazing places with your clients. And adaptive reuse, sustainability can be something you look at from a lot of different angles. Frankly, I do a lot of reupholstery in my business because my clients own whole homes of furniture and often antiques. And we reuse them. We adapt them. We might cut down an arm. We might change the feet. Things of that nature that actually are, quote, green because we are reusing everything we have. We are just improving it to fit the needs of the clients at that time. And then sustainable design is, again, a whole nother level that has really gained traction in the last decade or so. I have several friends that are at the forefront of that niche and are loving where it's taking their careers. So there are so many opportunities for designers to figure out what makes them happy and then market themselves, lean into those skills and become the expert in that specialty. And I've only listed several. There are endless options on this list. There are designers who specialize in children's playrooms. There are designers that specialize in teen bedrooms and spaces. I mean, really, whatever it is that brings you joy is something that you should be doing on a regular basis. But also I want to share is that I've dipped my toe in a lot of these specialties, and a lot of them haven't stuck for the reasons I discussed, mainly just I wanted to be more of a generalist 
than a specialist. And so my specialty is construction management, managing the entire home. But I also want you to know that none of those projects have gone to waste, meaning I have learned something from each and every one of those specialties and keep applying it to the work that I'm doing day in and day out. And so if you have only done fill in the blank, whatever that may be, I will encourage you to seek out projects outside of those parameters so that you can bend your brain in a different direction and learn new things that you can continue to apply to other projects. And you just never know where that road will take you unless you start down on it. So I know it is easy and I understand it is safe to be comfortable. So if you are designing kitchens and baths, it's easy to get into that cycle of only getting referrals for kitchens and baths. But every so often, I know you're going to get a referral for something else. Maybe it's a whole home. Maybe it's a theater. Maybe it is the client's office. Give it some thought. Don't automatically say no because you've never done it. I would much rather hear you say, I'd love to hear more about it so I can research it and get back to you. And that gives you the ability to really look into it. You can always reach out to me. I'm happy to share more details about all of these different projects that I've worked on. But you never know what's going to come up if you simply stay in the comfortable spot that got you to where you are today. So we all have come together. You're listening to this podcast because we all love construction management. And I am thrilled that we have built this community. But what I'm learning, the more I talk to each one of you, is how many of you are specializing in these niches within this construction management specialty under the umbrella of interior design. And I really want to encourage you again to think outside the box. What are you already doing that you really enjoy? Or what one project five years ago lit you up and you haven't done it since? Think about that. Think about the components. Think about where you were, what you were doing, what messages you were communicating that got that project in the first place. And if it really lit you up, start that process again. Because like I've always said, if people don't know that you offer these services, they won't know to ask you for them. And as always, you need the basics in construction management to be offering any of these services. And that is how through you, through your questions, through your interests, my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management was born. And so with the skills you can build from the course, we can save you three years of a learning curve. You can walk right into projects and feel confident that you know what you're doing so that the specialty you want to grow into is something you can take on now and not just sit and hope and dream that someday you will have the skills to market yourself for it. It really is a game changer to the members in the course. And I want that for all of you so that you feel more confident on job sites, knowing that they are a place you belong, that you can bring value to and become an expert and charge accordingly. So I challenge you to think through some of these specialties that we've talked about today. Email me. Tell me which ones you're already doing. Tell me which ones you really want to do. Start brainstorming how you can move into that process and then put action behind those words and go get those jobs. 
because they're out there. They just don't know to be looking for you until you broadcast that it's something you want to do. And not only that, that you're capable of doing successfully. I look forward to hearing what each of you are doing. And I can't thank you enough for your time today and look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening. And I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.